0: It was a stage four cancer diagnosis with the length of time to live from 12 to 18 months. When I'm most miserable is when I'm resisting what's happening. I wanna stop death. I wanna stop sickness. And that is just the recipe for heartbreak. And when you give that pain names and you talk about it and you stretch out your pain and you talk about it It really took its power away and it's allowed us to really focus on living and we have now evidence of our a beautiful life of that resilience instead of the devastation
1: welcome to soul sisters get real the show that goes deep in who we really are and why we are really here
2: we're your hosts karen from the states
1: and eleni from australia
2: We've had heartfelt conversations as Soul Sisters for years, and we're ready to share our truths, stories,
1: and life lessons with you. And to inspire you to connect to your truest essence, which resides deep within your soul. There'll be tears, there'll be laughter, and there'll be no holding back. So sit back, relax,
2: and let's get real about the things that truly matter. today we have a very special guest Beth Montpass is one of my very very close friends from a leadership emotional intelligence course I speak about a bit on here and we met back in 2020 and today we have the pleasure of talking with Beth about some experiences in her life Beth is a resilience and life coach speaker facilitator from Iowa life is messy yet beautiful who Better though to have as a guest today than someone who is transparent and vulnerable about her own up and down path and create space for real, raw, authentic connection with others, which is so true. Who people who are ready for transformation and change. So thank you so much for being here with us. I can't wait to get started, Beth. Hey Beth, welcome.
1: Thank you. And I find it um, fascinating the way the universe always places us in positions where we really live what we're teaching and you are a resilience coach and um, you've had to live that big time. So can you share with us what you're going through at the moment and perhaps just paint a picture of your life just before that went down? Yeah.
0: Oh, I just got full body chills, so I am happy to be here with you and with your listeners. Uh, I am a coach that people hire me for energy, for my enthusiasm, for my love of life, to really energize their dreams, and how ironic that I am living loud and having, you know, really a blessed life, like like many of the listeners. And then it felt like the rug of life ripped out from underneath me. Um, so again, a high vibe life with a business she loves, a family that is connected. I have four adult children. Um, I'm married to a man who I'm deeply in love with and aligned in our values. And I would just say we were high on life for sure. And so the, the rug that, the, I'm trying to give the rug a name, the rug, I don't like to give that rug the, the C word, the cancer word, but it was a health diagnosis that quite frankly shattered our life. It was a stage four cancer diagnosis with the length of time to live from 12 to 18 months for my vibrant young almost 50-year-old husband so it felt like what what did we do how did we how is this happening and for the first time in my life i started experiencing panic attacks i couldn't sleep i really just couldn't breathe and i was focused on the card we were dealt the sadness the um, devastation, the, yeah, I was almost looking for evidence of our suffering. And I did, you know, in looking for relief, I went to my doctor, I asked for some anxiety medication. Oh man, that didn't go well. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea for, it was a bad, it didn't, it didn't match my body. It didn't work for me. So that didn't work. Well, I'll tell you what has worked because it's been over a year he is alive our our lives are thriving but not much has changed we still have that it's not like there was a mistake or anything yet i'm sleeping well i can breathe i can still support other women because i've been able to really be honest about how shattered life was and be and when you give those Um, you give that pain names and you talk about it and you stretch out your pain and you talk about it, just like in podcasts like this and in my own podcast, I felt that it really took its power away and it's allowed us to really focus on living. And we have now evidence of a beautiful life of that resilience instead of the devastation.
2: I would love to have you speak into, Beth. I will never forget, you and I were speaking on the phone, and I had a client that I was working with that her husband had been diagnosed with cancer recently. And the thing that you said to me that I would love for you to speak into, because I know you have embodied this and lived this, is you talked about imagining the worst case scenario and how we think that's going to help us because we're prepared, and yet it doesn't help us, it hurts us. And so what did you do in your life to get to a space of realizing that being worried about it or the worst case scenario was not serving you? Yeah. Well, I learned to that
0: that is no way to live (laughs) to like rehearse or practice what possibly could go wrong. It's sort of like, and many of us are mothers, I'm guessing that are listening to this podcast, but when our children drive away from our house there's an instant where we think, what if they're in a car accident? And what if all my children are in that car? And for a moment, we think we'll almost prepare ourselves better if we think through it or that it won't happen if we think of it. And, and in reality, that is just torturous. It is, it's uh, a scarcity. It's, it is just torture. Uh, it's more suffering. And so what helped me get out of that was breathing, oh my goodness, just breathing. Uh, It was not denying or minimizing our situation. It's being very honest about it, being authentic, being transparent, sharing it, and yet being very present to exactly what it is. It's not jumping ahead to what will it look like to have someone, you know, dying in a hospital bed, or, you know, what will the journey look like? It is breathing, staying present. And this is not surprising that my friend Karen Bird taught me this other thing, and that is dropping it from my heart or releasing it from my heart. It is, again, not running away from it. So, um, you know, if I wake up anxious, I literally can say, I am feeling anxious. I am feeling worried and I feel it, feel it, feel it. Like not denying it, not trying to just gloss over it, but to feel it. I even will cry for just like a second, but I'll just feel it. And then I will think of that kind of energetic opening of the bottom of my heart or the back of my heart and let it dump out. Is this sounding familiar? Karin, you taught me this. And it's Yes. Yes. We were on a vacation together sitting by the pool and somebody else in our group was having a breakdown about something. And I hear her sharing this and I'm thinking this is good because we all have stuff that hits us in life and we get to handle it. We get to not just pour alcohol on top of it, or food on top of it, or shopping, or busy. That's mine. I was just staying really busy, working 10 or 12, 14 hours a day. If I can just outrun this thing, right? But no, it's opening up our heart after we feel it, letting it drop out, letting it go, creating that space, and then inviting in whatever it is I want to replace it with. uh, Groundedness, love, a light golden light. When I heard you say the reason we're doing this podcast is to bring light to the world. Light is my 2024 year of the word or word of the year. And so it's filling that space in my heart with light. And, and, and that's just been one of the tools that has helped me. And I have to do it daily, sometimes hourly to, you know, not catastrophize my life, not to be, you know, thinking way ahead. Why is it when something happens in our life? I've been through divorce and my husband left me with four little kids. And I remember my therapist saying to me, Beth, remember today, just today. Don't think about who's going to play Santa Claus to these kids this Christmas, like in December. Think about right now and don't look too far down the road. That's what's helped me.
1: That's what we do, right? We either live in the past or in the future as opposed to right now. What's going on right now? We're so worried about what's going to happen next week, next month. And, you know, at this time of the year, at the beginning of 2024, there are so many people that are wanting to know predictions of 2024. And we've got a beautiful day and (laughs) the sun is shining and it doesn't matter what's going to happen in the future. Let's just focus on today. But you said something really important. Um, Beth which is you said that you know we think that we need to prepare ourselves for something happening and that if we believe in the negative of something happening then it will prepare us for that event should it happen but it doesn't work out like that what happens is that you just end up being really stressed for a longer period of time and nothing can prepare you for say the passing of a loved one. So even if you sit there and worry about it for six months, you know, when they pass, because eventually we all will, that's not going to make that day easier. So why, yeah. why be in that energy of wandering and, and, and missing out on what's going on right now? But I have got a question for you about your husband. So th- these, are the, these, these are the techniques that are helping you to get through the day and to thrive and not to be in that state of anxiety and depression and so on but are you finding that you feel responsible for his energy are you like how are you distancing yourself not distancing but how are you protecting your energy when he's having down days like how are you managing that because personally I find that you know when when my partner has days that are off, I initially my default position is to link into that and want to resolve it for him, and I have learned to, okay, it's okay, like he's just having one of those days, and it doesn't mean that I need to be down there with him. you know I can be available for him, but I don't need to be down there with him. So how do you navigate that with such a big issue?
0: Well, very similarly, I accept that he is where he is and I get to be where I am and not trying to convince or prove or change or cajole or shame them into a different way of seeing things. And so in a way I sit with him and hold his hand when he is in that, you know, seeing it differently. Now I will say he is a very analytical thinker and uh, he is very logical and he accepts this so much better than i did because i am this optimist i am like this isn't happening this isn't how my life no this is not the plan and so he is in such surrender naturally that he's been a very good teacher to me to accept when i'm most miserable is when i am resisting what's happening i want to stop death i want to stop sickness i want to stop and that is just the recipe for heartbreak and so i can hear one of our other teammates in our group that karn and i are in i can hear her say beth accept it accept where you are so if If there's anything that I still want coaching on, and I still get to, you know, consider it's how to be in surrender and accept it fully and expect a miracle, right? And be in in this stand for his life to live, you know, on. And so I'm still trying to figure out how to hold those so far. I only know how to hold them individually. It isn't feel, I haven't figured out how to really integrate holding both of them, but I will say to answer your question, he, if he has down days, he does them very introspectively and without me and on his own. And so I feel like we're kind of both running our, we're staying in our own lanes of my high optimism and his realism. And uh, that's probably why we're an awesome team too. Yes. And
2: I'm I remember back to speaking about Jonathan, you at one point were in a place of feeling frustrated and down and worried, and yet you didn't want him to be more worried. And so you had to navigate your own external, the way that you handle it externally in order to not affect him. And, you know, as we know, like just Eleni said, is we tend to take on the negative of others, like that energy so, tell us a little bit about how you did that when you realized, hey, I get to be the cheerleader, which you're an amazing cheerleader, but uh, as opposed to the one that's worried. Yeah,
0: I think it's each of us staying in our strength zone and accepting the other one for who they are. And I couldn't figure out how to be a cheerleader to him because. I didn't want to cry in front of him because for some reason in my mind, that would make him sadder or that would affect him. Well, the cool thing is it really only affected me. And so I now show him my emotions and I share my fears and I am authentic and not trying to hide it, mask it over cheerlead because that we're just out of sync when I'm trying, again, it's me trying to bring him over to the bright side when we get to both be where we are out of judgment, really, you know, for each other. But Karin, how funny that you remember that even, thank you for reminding me that we, because it shows me our growth too, that, wow, I'm no longer in the proving place and the um trying to get, win him over on my optimism. Now I get to hold my own and he gets to hold his and that's how we're doing life
1: yeah and so you talk about growth Beth with regards to that when you look at you know your life before this event and you consider your life now what's the what's one thing where you've completely changed perspective on
0: Mm. oh goodness I've always been so optimistic. At first, I was going to say that I used to almost track evidence for my suffering, evidence for all the wrongdoings that people have done to me, evidence of the infractions, you know, and now I'm so focused on it's sunshiny today, kind of how you began us, you know, and how and it's we are breathing today and we had this holiday and we have this trip or, you know, staying very present. I've never, I am a forward thinking future girl. Like I am an entrepreneur to my heart. I want to brainstorm your big dreams. And I want to, you know, plan for how to make things successful. And actually that is not being present. And so the biggest gift to me, and I didn't want it. I liked my future. You know, I liked uh being the cheerleader for everyone else's dreams, but it's to be um to receive is another big one, you know, Karen and all of our group has been uh been just sharing wisdom and uh, when I come in and break down in breakdown and sadness and upsetness, it's being able to receive other people's um love. And not always be the cheerleader. I get to be cheerleaded at times. So that's been a huge gift. That and presence, I would think, are the couple of the big things I've learned.
2: Yeah. And the presence, I want to speak into that for a moment. Because you told me when you were visiting this summer, you had said, we were talking about money situations and financial and abundance. And I remember you saying to me, we are focusing on the now moment. And how do we spend all of our money now? And enjoy it and not worry about holding things for the future. And I thought that was so beautiful. And since then, you've been traveling, you go to see your children, you went to Disney and you took the whole family to Disney. So tell us a little bit about how you, how you got to the place, the space of let's enjoy every moment and be present right here, right now.
0: You know, right here, right now is exactly it. It is life is now. I feel like we're living urgently. We have just been handed a a opportunity to turn the throttle way up, to go all the way. None of this someday business. And I know that's cliche. A lot of people say that, but truly it is about trust. I trust that I know how to make money if I need to make money and when I need to make money and until further notice i am on a living loud boldly um generously just wow life and i i want to teach the world to do that not from a place of um that you you know that you're irresponsible but from a place of let's go and trust that it will be there We don't need to look so far down the road. It comes back to the beautiful, you know, don't look so far down and be present to now. So as a promoter, someone who is enthusiastic and energetic, it's easier for me. It's a closer reach to set worry aside and to set the planning aside because sometimes I have some half-baked ideas (laughs) and actually that's serving me right now because I'm not looking very far i'm going with my intuition and trusting and having big faith that life will figure itself out and god's got this figured out my earthly brain is not have it all in it and that's okay so it's trust faith some blind trust
1: exactly and when, when we talk about trust and faith And that just links into exactly what you were saying earlier, which is about receiving because we have to be open to receiving in order to allow ourselves to receive. And you said that I know how to make money and I can make money at any time. But one step further is I allow myself to receive money even when I'm not making money. I allow myself to receive money in ways that that I can't possibly in my human mind know how this money is going to arrive and how it's going to come to me but it just does and so as I feel like as women we find it difficult to receive and this is something I've had to navigate the last few years like how do I allow myself to receive and it's just little things it might be that you know my son wanted to shout me lunch and it's like yeah, sure, honey, of course, I would love for you to pay for lunch when I've paid for lunch every other time. And it's very hard for me to receive that kind of thing from my son. But I need to know that I'm in that spot where I allow myself to receive because the energy of giving and receiving is exactly the same. And so, you know, when you talk about receiving, you know, it's not just money, you've talked about receiving from your from your group from the women around you, from the people around you, from your community and so when you've put yourself in that position, Beth, where you have allowed yourself to receive when it wasn't previously comfortable to do that and usually with with women who are entrepreneurial and who are focused, it's like I can do this myself, I don't need to receive, how did you actually, um, you know, How did you actually say, no, it's okay, I will receive. And then did you find that the universe was giving you so much more because you allowed yourself to receive and what happened?
0: Yeah, 100%. Again, we don't have to have this all planned out. God does. And I remember specifically, it was planning that expensive Disney trip and saying yes to a few things that in one week's time. Uh, a private insurance policy disability that we didn't even know you know all the specifics of it paid out in a, a big sum. Uh another one of our family members stepped forward and said I know you just built this building and I want to pay for that for you. Here it was built we you know and so again it's just like financially things came forward and it and it was mind blowing that in one week that was happening and it isn't just about the money it is about allowing other people the opportunity to feel good about helping people want to rescue me they want to get me out of my suffering and there's not there's not much to do right but what they can do is they can write a check or bring a meal or take something off my plate that to them, it's a gift of me allowing them and being, letting them give it to me. So I, it's humbling. It's a teacher. I'm still getting used to it. In fact, it's something just from your question. I want to keep marinating on because I feel like there's probably that there's probably more, you know, that's, I'm being handed that I'm not saying yes to because I don't even see it
2: or I'm just shutting it down saying, I've got this, you know, so thank you for the question. So curious, who has been your greatest source of inspiration and support during your journey? Well, every month
0: when I, on the last day of the month, I answer six questions, you know, like what was the most memorable moment and why of the month? What did I handle my time the way I wanted? Who am I grateful for? So for the last eight or 10 years that I've been doing this, every single month, I have a list of the people who I am grateful for. And you know what? It's always some of the same people. Of course, it's almost always my husband. Because I, because the yin and the yang to each other, my energy and enthusiasm to his critical thinking, you know, like I'm always so grateful that I have that slant in my life. Um, I have one of my daughters who is very, she's a supporter and she is there. She fills in for me with my work. She fills in for me almost as a mother with her other, with my other kids. And so they, they. Those are two of the people that have been most um, inspiring to me because their, their world isn't rocked. I know that one of my greatest gifts is this enthusiasm and cheerleader, but it's also what causes me to be off the charts, excited, and then plummet and be life is over, kind of sad and out and can't breathe. So extremes. The intensity is high and low, and so the people that are inspiring to me are the steady eddies. They're the anchor. They're the people that hold their posture, and and those are two people in my life. Awesome.
1: So, Beth, as you go through this journey and you look back on it, um, if you, what was the one thing that would have been helpful? to have known earlier what was your big aha moment that it's not
0: about me that that it isn't that I'm not the controller or the planner or how much I do or I don't do my productivity or my disposition that that life is in a way kind of planned out. Not, we have a lot of impact on our day or on our life, but there's so much of it that I feel like if if I could just, the big learn or the big wow is just like, I'm taking my shoulders, I'm pushing them back and I'm just sinking in. And I it's not, it's, it's taking out the intensity of life and letting it roll and being in that surrender and acceptance and finding the, you know, not making it wrong. You know, and I'm thinking specifically of my divorce when I had my husband left after 16 years and these kids, you know, I pushed back. This is wrong. You can't leave us. Don't do this. Dads, don't do this. You know, it was just, it was me resisting life. And what I realized is it was an opening. It allowed a space in my life for Jonathan, for a husband number two, I couldn't see the big gifts and I can't see the big gifts now. Or I'm starting to see them, but it's been harder to see because I honestly was totally freaking triggered when people said, where's the silver lining in this cancer journey? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? There isn't one. And I was like, "I, you are wrong and I am right about this. And the big learn is like, oh, just accept and trust and know the knowingness that, you know, that life's going to roll on. And why are we so sad and upset and mad and angry about the end of our life? Like, we. You know, we celebrate this birth and we like every birth year, we're all big and celebration. And then it starts to get weird around the corner when people are coming in, you know, the home stretch of life. And I think if we can change how we view death, that would be super supportive. And I would never thought I could be caught dead saying that. I never thought I would ever, ever believe that
1: totally just a couple of things you said there which is one you said about you know people were telling you where's the silver lining and at that point you're like stuff you there is no silver lining that's a that's a reminder for us all to hold space when people are not at the same level of awareness that we are and you know I had to remind myself of this very recently when my partner was going through a difficult time at work and I'm trying to point him to the silver lining like immediately. <laughs> and he's like in this, but what about me? This is what I've just been through, space. And so, you know, I'm trying to hurry him along to the silver lining when it's like he got there and it didn't take long for him to get there. But initially I just needed to just be there for him and really not so much just just listen just listen and it's difficult to do when you when when you're at a space when you know that every single challenge and every single lesson there is something it's teaching you so you're automatically thinking like that and you want your loved ones to also see that immediately but there's a space where they need to do whatever they need to do. They need to grieve. They need to play a victim for a little while and then they get out of it. So that was really important that you said that because the other side of it is that we need to ease up when, when people yeah. are going through hard times and let them go through the journey at their pace.
0: Yeah. I think of how many times I have tried to like snap my fingers to clients or my kids or my husband and say, Hey, life is happening for you. What, you know, like just moving right through the hardship in. And so it's taught me to take that breath, to hold their hand and, and be right with them, meet them where they're at and then lovingly shift or create an opening and not shove it, you know, down their
2: throat. Yeah. yeah. And and the other thing that you said that I wanted to make note of is I've been hearing a lot lately. It's interesting you brought it up about how there are different cultures that celebrate death. And as hard as that is for me to say, knowing that my son died, uh, you know, it is that space of that is what We are meant to do on this earth, and no one gets away without it. And so, why do we make it so hard, so difficult, and so torturous when we celebrate life, celebrating the death of it also, and uh, that it is a new beginning and it's not the end? And as Eleni and I have talked about this many times on this podcast, it's not the end. It's just, it's a start over, it's a different world. And to celebrate, death is beautiful and when we do that it changes the way we feel about it
1: yeah yeah Yeah. I reckon one way we can do it is to talk about it differently not to use the word death but to say going back home like imagine if our children um, from the time they were born they didn't hear the word death but it was like when you go back home when Mm -hmm. you go back home because that's what it is that is effectively happening is that we go back home when we exit from this lifetime to do whatever we need to do next but we're so invested in in the human form being here and that anything else is tragic I mean how often do you hear I just saw it on you know uh, social media yesterday you know taken far too early like they're actually gone exactly when their soul wanted them to go But who says, like, we've decided it's far too early. Their soul decided on that exit point. Yes, and
2: that, like, that makes me very emotional. Like, I can, like, I'm holding it now. Um, Because the far too early is that I didn't really want to live this life without that person, right? I don't know why I'm crying. Um, And what I know is that um, I'm writing the book about Josh and I and, and our experience and, interesting, because I'm going through the draft of it. And I was reading that um, I didn't realize in my journals how many times I said, and, and maybe it was like just a handful, but still it felt like a lot that um, there was this piece of me that just wanted to go be with him. Because I know, right, that's a beautiful place. And I know I'm going to see him again. And I and it's like, I don't want to wait that long. I, I wanted to do it now. And I want to okay. see him now, because he's my son. And yet I know that, you know, in this, this life, in this world for a reason, and I have a big reason and that's to help others move through what I've experienced and, uh, and still, right. Like gone too soon was a phrase that I said for a very long time, because for me, it was too soon in my life that he left me. (laughs) Like he wasn't supposed to do that in my life. And yet when we look back, our lives go so quickly that for the rest of eternity, when I am done in this life doing what I am here, what my soul's purpose is here to do, I get to be with them for eternity. So again, just like Beth says, you know, taking that step back and breathing and saying, "I'm going to make every single day count," because for the rest of eternity, I get to be in in that other world. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. and going through those human emotions of. You know, they're gone far too early, is perfectly normal and perfectly natural. And of course, that's what we're going to be going through. I guess what I was saying is, is it like, you know, just another perspective, just another perspective. And that's not to discount that we have real human feelings and we don't want to be left alone and we don't want, you know, our children to leave before us. Like, that just seems like an absolute, like, against nature and against travesty. But, At the same time, recognizing that their soul, you know, Mm -hmm. has chosen that point, like you said, Karen, for your soul's evolution and what a gift he's given you, because now you're able to serve your purpose by writing the book that you're writing and serving humanity in this incredible selfless way.
2: Yeah. And I would even say, as I was listening to Beth speak, that there is silver lining in your son, your child passing away. I can honestly say it's a gift, which again, my book reflects that, but it has been a gift in my life. And sometimes we receive gifts we didn't think we wanted when we received them, but they're very useful. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait
0: to read that book. It's going to be awesome. And this conversation reminds me, Jonathan will often say, who says you have to live a long life? To have a great life. Yeah. And it just hits me to the core because I want to yell me, (laughs) your wife. I want more years with you. And to the point of let's not fear the death piece that, you know, My mother passed away a month before we got the, or the month after we got the diagnosis about my husband and to, and again, she was 78. So it felt more in the right alignment or the right order, but I feel like she is far more powerful in my life without a body. She can be with me. She can be with my brother. She can be with each of my kids. She's everywhere and always. Mm -hmm. And I'm often kind of uh, inviting myself to if I can have that view of my mom, I can have that view of my husband, but I'm not there yet because I'm still, you know, I still am like, no, you heard in the beginning when I said almost 50 years old, you know, I was emphasizing that and Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, so it's, I still am getting to practice, letting go and trusting and faith That you don't have to have a lot of years to have a powerful, great life, as Josh Byrd showed us too. Yeah,
1: Yeah. absolutely. A a book that um, you might be interested in reading if you haven't already, Beth, by Joyce Maynard. And um, it was basically she found the love of her life and and he passed within 18 months of their wedding. I can't recall the the title. I just know Joyce because she's one of my favorite author, authors. So, um yeah, ha, consider just just reading another perspective, but the thing is, Beth, as you know, like <laughs> the the irony and the paradox here is that you could both be here till 130. <laughs> right. 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 You had to go through that challenge and that yeah. belief and that trust anyway, in order, to, in order for both of you to grow, because that's one of the catalysts that you both chose in this lifetime to, to experience. We just don't know, do we? And it could be tomorrow for any of us. And that's the
2: reality. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. So Beth, we have a question for you that we end every podcast with. And what we'd like to know is, what does Soul Sisters Get Real mean to you? Because that's the name of our podcast.
0: Oh, and it's a beautiful title. To me, it is heart to heart. It is solid love and that we're better together. That that the sisterhood and just you know it's sharing it's being transparent it's doing life together in the the sisterhood so I am glad to be part of this uh, richness today and um, that's what that means to me. Awesome, beautiful,
2: and and I just wanted to, as we end, mention that. You know, when you think about the silver lining for you, you have such a beautiful relationship with Jonathan and we acknowledge it and see it all the time in our group and how much you adore and love him. And how beautiful is that, that you're not in the space of, you know, because you hear from so many people how they can't stand their spouses or their partners or life is so rough and yet you love every single moment. And so the silver lining is that you get to have him
0: right now. Yeah. I feel like I there's a book in me possibly about this deep appreciation for our partner and uh we couldn't be more different so we don't you don't have to be alike you don't have to like the same things but to just have that respect and love and admiration and appreciation not waiting till it's almost taken away from you don't don't get you know don't get that only when it's, um, you know, possibly taken from you, but to have that deep uh, gratitude, deep, you know, connection
1: now. Beautiful. I want to thank Beth and Karen today, my (laughs) co-host, because you both open your hearts and uh, you just let the tears flow and you allowed yourselves to be vulnerable and you talked about really hard really hard difficult topics that it's easier for us you know to talk about from a conceptual point of view but you guys have been through it you're the warrior women so thank you for um opening your hearts on this episode it was a really special beautiful beautiful episode Thank thank you thank you thanks for tuning in we hope you loved it and if you did subscribe to the podcast We would so love it if you write us a review and share it with your friends. And remember, always connect to your truest essence. And choose love. We'll see you next time.